0: Welcome to episode 297 of the Rugby League Republic podcast with your hosts Tish, and Dr. T. In this episode, our first one for 2024, the ninth season of Rugby League Republic, we preview the 2024 NRL season. Join us as we build a rugby league community for all. The Rugby League Republic podcast starts right now. Welcome to episode 297 of the Rugby League Republic podcast, where we aim to bring you to everyday fans' perspective on the greatest game of all, Rugby League. This is Rugby League for the people. I'm your co-host, Dr. T. Joining me is Tish. Tish, our ninth season of the Rugby League Republic is about to kick off. Are you starting to feel old? <laughs> How are you going? Are we starting to feel tired?
1: yeah look, I, I am starting to feel tired, but I'm also pumped. I'm ready to go. you know, you know, let's uh, let's let's hear you cheering out there, you know, wherever you are listening to these podcast, you know, shout out. I'm ready for some NRL. can I hear you say that? I think we heard our audience say that, dr. T, but look I'm mean, I'm excited. this is a uh, we're on the cuffs of maybe the greatest season that could ever come. I mean, we're starting off in Vegas. I mean most, most things end in Vegas, uh, but we've decided to start in uh, Vegas. So, uh, like, think about that. So, yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, so, look, uh, look, look, look. To be honest, like you know, I think uh, this, you know, summer, uh, summer of sport in uh, in Australia. It wasn't that hot, I don't think. Um, and uh, you know, so all we really had looking forward to is Taylor Swift, and she's she's been here, done that now. So there's there's nothing really to look forward to apart from. The NRL and uh, yeah, looking forward to it. And uh, you know, no be- no major scandals, I've got to say, that I could remember throughout the whole season. So I think a great preseason, not just for us, but also the NRL teams. Uh, Dr. T, excitement level one to 10. Are you at 11 like me?
0: I I am at, uh, I'm even at 12. I'm at li- living, oh. lost, leaving oh, wow. Las Vegas, living La Vida, Vegas. That's what that's what we're <laughs> yeah. up to at the moment. I just look, on, on your point about, you know, the off-season, the lack of, um you know, off-field off shenanigans as the NRL and NRL players uh, want to do during off-seasons, I think this year has been a pretty quiet one. Uh, you know, the other thing that's happened, and we're not necessarily going to talk about it today, we might talk about it next week, is that the NRL has announced its... um. Uh, annual report for 2023 and there's a lot of, uh, well, let's put it this way, Peter Volandis and Andrew Abdo are getting lots of money in coming into the game. Revenue has gone up heaps. There's a lot of major metrics that shows that the NRL is kicking goals and doing really well. So um, I, I echo your sentiments about this potentially being one of the most uh, exciting, you know, seasons mm. for NRL and rugby league in general for a long, long time. There's a lot of positivity. You know, the signs are there, lack of uh, off-field shenanigans. Um, and, look, not only that, we, we are in a spirit of generosity. You know, America gifted us the Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey show. We have gifted them four NRL teams in Las Vegas, and I think that's a pretty fair swap, if you ask me, in terms of a cultural exchange So, America, look out. We are um, inflicting NRL players on you very shortly. But, no, it should be really exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Um, But, look, without any further ado, let's get into our crystal ball. So, uh, well, let's, let's jump into it. Our crystal ball episode, for those who don't know, uh, is our first episode of each season. Traditionally, what we do is we we take the long view of um, of things uh, that are going to happen this season. We dust off the crystal ball and we we'll see if we can predict and look into the future and see how clear those crystal balls are for us. Uh, usually, we're pretty terrible at this if you look at our tipping uh, record, track record, but um, it's always fun to then go back at the end of the year and see how did we do. Um, and obviously some things are about the performances on the field and some things are about just the general kind of uh, things off the field as well. Now, last year with the advent of uh, or, or the explosion of generative AI and Chad GPT, we introduced a new friend to the show, Chad GPT, who we uh, we thought, well, let's get some AI involved in this. And Chad was pretty, pretty accurate on a couple of things throughout the year, but um, I think his crystal ball effort's Weren't so good last year, and I don't think there will be this year either. So we're going to limit his role in uh, in the crystal ball uh, kind of questions that we've got or, or things that we're looking forward to. Um, and as we normally do, we've got a bit of a point system as well, and the points will count towards our tipping for uh, throughout the whole season. So what we typically do is we do a week-by-week thing, and then at the very end we take a look and see if anything else has come to fruition from our crystal ball episode and then we add that to our point so uh uh you know look it's 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 all important that we get this right tish because it could come down to the wire this year i think our tipping last year we got uh there's a bit of uh, back and forth and eventually i don't know, did you win i win I don't, look i don't know it, the game won i'm pretty sure it won. was
1: like uh it could have either, either been a draw or or like one or two games either side i yeah, but there we go. What an off-season. Awesome. Can't even remember last uh, our last result. Our <laughs> that's last, right.
0: Uh, that's that's how good sure. it was. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Look, um, without any fanfare or further ado, let's go into the first, uh, first thing we're looking to predict, which is the top eight. And it's one point for each correct. And uh, look, traditionally... Um this is, this is one of those ones where there's always a controversial omission mm. or inclusion that we need to talk through. So, uh, Tish, how I, I send it go, over to you to, to tell us what, what are your top eight, oh, and yeah, then I'll yep. tell you mine.
1: All right, not a problem. So let me make sure. Okay, so I've got the Panthers, uh, the Broncos, the Melbourne Storm, the Roosters, the Warriors, the Eels, Manly, and then the Rabbits.
0: Well, I'm so, pretty close to that. So I let me yeah. just check. Uh, I've also got Panthers, Broncos, Storm, Roosters, Warriors, and Eels. However, instead of Manly and the Rabbitohs, I've got – let me have a look. I've got the Sharks and the Knights. And yeah, And, yeah. you know, against my better judgment probably, but this year – well, sorry, last season, 2023 um, – Yeah, the Sharks and the Knights were really in the mix for the top four. So I thought I cannot argue for them to go down necessarily. Um, I think with the Knights, you know, they've lost a few players. I think they've lost Dom Young to the Roosters is one major omission. Mm. Sharks have got another year under their belt, which I think would be really important for them. So I still think that they're sort of still in the mix of the top eight. So anyway, that's me. What
2: about Chad GPT? Okay, here we go, chat. Uh, where are you? The 2024 NRL season is shaping up to be an exciting one, and while predicting the exact top eight can be challenging, here are some teams that are likely to feature prominently. Brisbane Broncos, with young talents like Reese Walsh and Protoni Stags, the Broncos have the potential to make a strong showing. One. Penrith Panthers, the reigning premiers, are expected to continue their impressive form. One. Melbourne Storm, despite some changes, the Storm remain contenders. One. Cronulla Sharks their experienced roster could secure a top 8 spot 1. New Zealand Warriors, the Warriors have been steadily improving and might surprise us 1. Paramatic Eels, they have a solid squad and should be in the mix 1. Sydney Roosters, always competitive, the Roosters are likely to feature 1. South Sydney Rabbitohs, with a strong lineup, they have a good chance of making the top 81. Keep in mind that injuries, form, and unexpected performances can influence the final standings. It'll be fascinating to see how the season unfolds. The 2024 NRL season is shaping up Oh, wait, up wait, to be here we a- go. Yep, sorry. Okay,
0: <laughs> so, uh, That's enough, there. Chad. That's enough, Chad. We, we've only <laughs> asked you one question. But look, Chad has – wow. Chad has actually done a bit of a compromise between us. He's actually got pretty much the same kind of six that we had, except he's also included – so he's got the sharks where I had the sharks and he's got the rabbitos where you had the rabbitos. So he's omitted Manly and the Knights, which is really interesting. But the rest are the same, which is very, very interesting. So, wow, the AI is
1: really getting good. Yeah. So, look, I suppose uh, my justification of why the Knights will fall out and the Sharks will fall out, and actually the other team that uh, is falling out from last year's is the Raiders. Uh, Because I think with these three teams, I, I don't see any improvement. And I feel like all of them... They got there last year, but but like I mean, I think I think the the see the Knights had a really good season last year, right? So uh, can they do a, a double? I don't know they can. So I think that's where I sort of landed on it. And I think um, I also think the Eels and the Rabbitohs missed out last year, but they're still very good teams. So I think they had an odd bad year, which they're going to turn around. I feel. Whereas I think that um, the Knights had an odd good year, uh, which might go backwards. <laughs> So
0: yeah, that's absolutely fair <laughs> enough. That was that that was almost my logic again for why mm. I think the Raiders. For me, the Raiders. I wasn't look. I don't know, man. They did really good towards the end of last year, but I just thought I don't know if they can sustain it. And and it, the other thing is those other teams are catching up. So <laughs> that's um, yeah. That's anyway, great. look that that was really good. Um, now now obviously the pointy end. We're talking about the NRL Grand mm. Finalists and the winner. Now this year I have uh, decided to. Uh, break from my tradition of always picking the Eels <laughs> to make the grand final and winning. Even even uh, if you're a true Eels fan, everyone will know listening to this, there's always next year is our motto. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm always confident that, you know, but this time I'm not predicting that they're going to win, which obviously means they probably will win, which I'll be happy about mm. anyway. I'm more than happy to be proven wrong by my Eels. Mm. But this time I've actually gone for the Warriors and the Sharks, to make the grand final and the Warriors to end up winners. So I'm predicting that the Panthers will not get the, uh, uh, well, they got, did they get the three-peat, but they didn't get, they're not going to get the four-peat or whatever it is. Um, they are, are predicting that they'll they'll drop. And I think losing Stephen Crichton is uh, one of the big reasons for that, I think. Um, anyway, we can talk about that later, but look, Warriors, I thought towards the tail end of the season really came into their own. And I think just the lack of experience is what kind of held them back from making that historic grand final. Um, Sharks as well. I think they, for some reason, I just get the feeling that they're they're on the up and up and they'll just put, put it all together this year, but not enough for uh, to defeat the Warriors. So I think that's, um, yeah, so that, that's, that's my prediction for the grand final. So... You know, a non-Eels grand final, which I'm hoping they'll prove me wrong because, uh, look, I'm hedging my bets here. What about about you,
1: Tish? Okay. Well, look, I've just changed it because, yeah. So I'm going to go Panthers-Warriors grand final with the Panthers win.
0: (laughs) Oh, so you reckon uh, they can win four. Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, I think that um, if Brisbane are up by 20 with 20 minutes to go, (laughs) right, (laughs) they still one right so i don't i don't know how you could beat that right unless unless there's like a complete injury like you know like the entire 17 are all injured um you know i, I like like that's like i don't know um, yeah, I just don't know how you could beat the Panthers because, you know, the, the Broncos looked all set to win last year. Like, you know, and I think the other thing that's been interesting about this Panthers run is that every year they've faced a different team, right? So I think the, I mean, they faced the Storm and they lost, but then they faced, um, you know, they faced Parramatta one season, they faced the Rabbitohs uh, for one of their wins, and then last year they faced Brisbane, right? So uh, I'm just guessing that the, you know, the next cap that I think can get there is the Warriors, right? Who I do have my on top eight, so I have to double check that. And I think Warriors had a great season last year, and I think that, yeah. But I think somehow, even if they're losing by thirty with ten minutes to go, somehow the Panthers will find a way to win because that's what they do, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, I don't know if that's the positive or negative, but it's just it's just that's that's what it is. Like with the Panthers, I I, don't, I find it hard to now bet against them.
0: Fair enough. Well, what does Chad Jimmy think? think?
1: Yep, yeah, here we go, GPT. The
2: 2024 NRL season promises thrilling clashes and fierce competition. While predicting the exact grand finalists and winners is a challenge, here are some teams to watch out for. <laughs> Penrith Panthers, the reigning champions have been dominant and are clear favorites to make it to the grand final again. Their impressive form and three consecutive titles make them a formidable force. Brisbane Broncos with a rich history and a talented squad, the Broncos are strong contenders. Keep an eye on their performances throughout the season. As for the ultimate winner, it's a tough call. The Panthers have the pedigree, but surprises can happen in rugby league. Let's buckle up for an exciting season and see which team emerges victorious.
1: Yeah, so you wow. didn't give a, uh, a definitive answer, but he's just predicted last year's grand final, right? So.
0: Close, close that. Yeah, Pandas, Broncos with a Panthers win. Well, that's look. I think that was well reasoned. I, I reckon. You know, I'm 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 looking at some um some some rugby league uh, people in the media, and they should be looking over their shoulder because I think Chad GPT is coming for their jobs because I think he's uh, justified. <laughs> he's justified. He's very articulate. He justifies himself well. So really proud to have Chad GPT on board. Um, look, let's move on to the next one, uh, moving away from the game itself, uh, predicting the halftime entertainment at the NRL grand final. So sticking with the NRL grand final, we've got one point here and look, we've been mostly terrible at, at selecting this, this year, uh, in previous years, but this year I've gone for someone who I believe is, um, uh, this time actually going to be called on to bring a bit of sparkle and a bit of pizzazz to the grand final this year. Now, obviously, last year was impossible to predict because, unfortunately, we lost Tina Turner and then that turned into a Tina Turner, um, the the musical. uh, They they kind of did a a tribute, which was absolutely touching. I thought it was. A lot of people didn't, but um, I thought it was really good the way they did it. Um, This year, I'm hoping that uh, there won't be any kind of tragedy or whatever, but there will be... You know, drawing on one of our favourites, one of Australia's favourites, Grammy Award-winning Kylie Minogue, is who I predict will be the halftime entertainment this year. Who will actually be the turning point for NRL entertainment? I was thinking about this earlier this year with the NFL Grand. You know, NFL always has the uh, Super Bowl halftime show as one of the big things, and people forget, or a lot of people forget that it wasn't really a thing until Michael Jackson. Uh, I think it was in the 80s, uh, turned it into a thing uh, when, mm. or I think it was, may, may have been in the 90s actually, when um he, you know, biggest star in the world at the time in pop music and and really put on a show. Um, before then it wasn't really considered a thing. And then obviously since then all, the, all these celebrities and everyone has just become the most sought after kind mm. of thing. So I'm hoping that, um, you know, Currently, we have a reputation in the NRL, and you can throw in AFL as well. Where you know, entertainment at grand finals is a bit of a joke. You know, we talk about you know the Billy Idols and the the Meatloaf's. You know, in years gone by, and, and kind of the not really great job that they've done, and they've, and and hasn't really inspired the audiences. But I really think this time, with Kylie Minogue there, she's just fresh off a Grammy win, and she'll bring a lot of uh, gravitas and and respect and put on a bit of a show, and I think it'll be awesome. I know people might go, that's not really a rugby league audience, but here's the thing. Like, we need more girls, uh, you know, in the game, and we need someone who can appeal to a wide audience. And Kylie Minogue will get everyone going, so I reckon that's my prediction. What about you, Tish? What do you reckon?
1: Well, look, I've gone with a similar vein, just thinking about the new NRL audience that they want to capture. So I want to go with, like, you know, a trending celebrity, um that that is gonna is that is going to bring that new crowd in and i think that you really you've got to go all in like you know they're in vegas they're going all in so i think it's gotta be taylor swift and look Kylie, back in her day back in her prime she's 55 years old right now dr t uh i don't know if she has the current uh you know fan following or well, probably she's got the fan following but not the current uh trending star that some of her uh more uh you know like you know more instagramy uh competition has like in in the swift nation right and uh you know swift mania has taken Australia by storm and um and i and i feel like the nrl needs to attach themselves onto that with 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 taylor swift so i'm gonna i'm gonna pick taylor swift uh to be the nrl uh entertainment i know it's more of a wish than an actual prediction, but you know PVL, I think his mind thinks that way, right? So so let's make it happen.
0: He probably look if he listens to this, he'll probably go. That's a brilliant idea. Let's do it. In fact, she's still here mm. in Sydney. So PVL, get onto her before she. Uh, or actually, or well, she's already disappeared. Sorry, I think that the jet has left the Sydney airport. So you know, sorry, sorry, PVL, you're gonna have to fly out to wherever she is. But, look, you know, it's a good connection. You know, she's already got the the football connection, the American football connection there, so who knows. Look, let's move on now to the next one, which, uh, you know, obviously the next biggest show in in town is State of Origin. Um, We generally are terrible at predicting the State of Origin winner ahead of time. You never know what happens, although we have seen a trend of New South Wales not performing at their best uh, lately. But let's see what happens. Look, my tip this year, I genuinely think that New South Wales – with uh, Nathan Cleary, uh, you know, really coming into his own at that last Grand Final. Just, uh, I think he's going to become. This is his year, and because of that, I think he will. Uh, he will come out swinging, and he will land some uh, blows. And I think because of that, New South Wales will complete a historic 3 0 clean sweep over Queensland. I know it's a controversial, considering what we've seen lately, but. I reckon Nathan Cleary—it's his time to step up, and I think he will. So that's my prediction: 3 0 New South Wales. What about you, Tish?
1: Yeah, look, I—it's a new era uh, for New South Wales Blues. Um, so a new coach, and I think uh, which is Michael McGuire, who's done a great job with the with the Kiwis, um, and he's already come out and said there are no there are no spots that are incumbents, right? And right? he's gone out there and everybody's in their spot spot, he's going to pick it in form and. Um, I think New South Wales. I think that's the change that New South Wales need in order to win it. Um, funnily enough, there have been a few players who made themselves unavailable, made themselves reavailable when they heard the news of a new coach. So that also says that we might have a better pool of players to pick from, um, not taken away from players. So I think it's going to be New South Wales. I don't think they could win the series three 0 I think it would be two uh, New South Wales victories to one. But I believe Chad GPT has a prediction over to
2: you, Chad. The 2024 state-of-origin series is eagerly awaited by Rugby League fans, and while predicting the exact outcome is challenging, here are some insights based on recent history. 1. Queensland Maroons The Maroons have been a dominant force in state-of-origin, and their recent form suggests they'll be strong contenders again. In 2023, they secured a series win with a come-from-behind victory in Game 1 and a commanding performance in Game 2-12. 2. New South Wales Blues The Blues salvaged some pride in 2023 by winning Game 3, preventing a clean sweep by Queensland 3. Considering these factors, here's my prediction for the 2024 State of Origin. Series result, the series could be closely contested, but I'll go with a 2-1 to victory for Queensland. Well, there There you go. go. Queensland
0: is the prediction of Chad. Let's see how we go. Yeah,
1: which is
2: the same as last year,
1: right? I hear a theme Chad GPT. (laughs)
0: Oh, was it? No, I thought I thought Chad actually uh my records show that he actually predicted uh New South Wales last year.
1: Yeah, yeah, but oh, his oh. prediction for this year is the exact same thing that happened last year, right? Queensland two one. Oh, okay. All
0: right. All right, let's yeah, see.
1: That's what i was saying. Yeah,
0: next cool. the next one is all right, let's move on to predicting the biggest rugby league news story of the year. And so we've had We've had some doozies over the years, and I think last year I may have got pretty close to it. There, I did sort of say the biggest news story was the pay dispute, which did kind of drag on a little bit. I don't know if it was the biggest, but I think uh, I may have got half a point for that. Um, this year, I'm predicting uh, on the back of <laughs> on the back of the positive NRL financial results, and uh, as I said earlier, the the big revenue, the record revenue that the, that the NRL has uh, has received last year, I'm predicting that they've, uh, aside from what they've done in the past, which is obviously distribute money to the teams and put some money into grassroots, I think they'll have enough left over, quite a lot left over, that PVL is going to want to invest in something. And I think the investment he's going to make is potentially gonna solve a problem that we've had where we've had misalignment between NRL and the English Super League. Um, and, And this goes to also something that I think we've spoken about before. It was a suggestion potentially that Phil Gould made and we sort of talked about it maybe a couple of years ago. I don't remember exactly when. And the suggestion is, and I think this will be the biggest news story of the year is that the NRL will buy out the English Super League and rebranded as uh, as NRL Europe or something like that. So basically, we're going to have the NRL with controlling interests in both of the big um, pro uh, rugby league <laughs> competitions in the world, and that will allow us to actually uh, do some things on the international stage and get some alignment and actually have agreement on on things. So I actually think this is what where PBO is going. He's going to. He's going to bite big, and as you said, he's gone big with Taylor Swift. He'll go big with um, the NRL becoming a truly global brand and uh, taking over uh, the rugby league uh, over there in the English Super League, which will be almost like a reverse Super League. If you remember, the English Super League came about because of the Murdoch sort of uh, interest here, and they ended up obviously winning the rights over there and buying out the entire English League. So I think the NRL is going to buy it back. And, and do something uh, with that this year. So that's my big news. What about you, Tish?
1: Well, look, I think the NRL is playing in a lot more exclusive circles these days with all the new finances they are coming in. They're playing a bit more money ball. And that is going to attract some other uh, people to maybe potentially invest into that NRL. And uh, so I couldn't go past the uh, potentially the next president of the United States of America, the former president Donald Trump investing into the NRL by buying an NRL franchise. Potentially, the 18th team can be the Trump Bears.
0: <laughs> wow, wow, well, that's a that's very interesting. So, you think you'll buy an NRL team, but it'll be a new one, the new franchise?
1: That's interesting, yeah, yeah with the plan of taking it all over, right? Because that's uh, you know, get it, get the <laughs> beachhead, and then. We're gonna take it all over it, you know, and then uh, maybe build a wall between Melbourne and New South Wales. So yeah. <laughs> well,
0: I, look when you when you said that, the, I immediately thought he's going to easily take over the Gold Coast Titans and rebrand them as the Gold Coast Trumptons. Um, oh yeah, that, that and, works. <laughs> and and not only that, I think he he might actually uh, you know he'll bring back the phrase "Make Gold Coast great again," uh, you know. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, which, which Maybe just someone make should Gold tell Coast him they never great because, were great. Because, yeah, yeah, so just make Golko's great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, great not again, not was, yeah, not again,
0: not <laughs> again. Take the again out.
1: Yeah, not again. Take the again out, yeah.
0: All right, well, that's a good prediction, a fun one, and we're getting a bit dark now. We're talking about the biggest rugby league scandal of the year. Now, look, we're starting off from a low base hit because uh, in the past we've had so many uh, potential scandals to choose from because the NRL is bound to... <laughs> You know, be involved in some sort of scandal. But this year, as you've suggested, look, the worst that I've seen is Adam Reynolds punching up uh, Patrick Carrigan at a at a mm. pub. That's the worst. Which is yeah. pretty good, uh, you know. So as far as rugby league goes, we've done all right in the off season. But yeah. I still think I still think there will be a scandal. But it won't necessarily be a you know player uh, kind of behaviour thing. It will be something that will rock the NRL and will cause some thinking in terms of, uh, uh, yeah, some some people thinking what what to do here. I'm predicting that an NRL test player, so or an Australian test player, I should say, kangaroos player, quits mid-season to join the Wallabies. So I'm predicting a cross-code scandal. I have nothing to base this on <laughs> except my imagination and creativity. (laughs) Tish, over to you. What is your prediction for Scandal of the Year?
1: Yeah, well, look, I don't even know if mine's even a scandal, um, but I'll just say it and I'll I'll make it. By nefarious means, Wayne Bennett will be the new Melbourne coach, outsteam Bellamy as he retires. So, uh, yeah, I'm going with the... uh, I'm going with the most safest job to the most unsafe, but I feel like, uh, yeah. Cause you know, like, yeah, you know, I just, um, from what I hear is that all the rule changes, uh, the biggest distractor is actually Craig Bellamy, uh, you know, particularly with like, you know, all the new protocols and things like that. So I think he's looking to get out and, uh, you know, and Wayne, Wayne, Wayne never quits. We know that, right? So, you know, he's, he's made a, he's, it feels like he's made a promise that he will never retire. Right. And uh, he's looking for a new gig, and I I just feel like there is going to be some shenanigans involved with Wayne Bennett appointed as Melbourne Storm coach.
0: There you go. Moving on to the next one, sticking with a bit of a negative theme here, we're predicting the first NRL coach to be sacked. Now, I think we've been fairly, uh, I would say, it's fairly certain that at least one coach will be sacked because I don't think there's ever Mm. been a year that we've done this where we've been completely off and no one has been sacked. There's always, almost always a drama at one club or other. Um, On that basis, uh, look, last year we predicted very poorly. We predicted Kevin Walters would be sacked and obviously he uh, led the Broncos to their first grand final. Went to the grand final. final. (laughs) And almost won. And 20 minutes away
1: from winning it, yeah.
0: That's right, that's right. This year, look, I can't go past this person. Uh, I just think... He hasn't really shown much, uh, you know, ability to transition from assistant to head coach. Cameron Serrado of the Bulldogs, I think, you know, initially I was thinking the Bulldogs actually, they've got a lot going for them. They've got some good preseason form and they may sort of, um, you know, actually surprise me and they might even make the top eight. But I actually think that um, when I look at what they've got ahead of them and I look at the way things panned out last year, I tend to think Cameron Serrado is on the chopping block. And out of all the other teams that I've looked at, I think um, he has been least impressive. And uh, look, I hope he does well, but I'm predicting that by about round 12, he will be ousted, and they'll replace him with someone that that will get immediate results. Possibly even, uh, well, we're not we're not getting a point for this, but if I predicted. Anything, I would think maybe someone like a Mick Potter, like they did last time, will actually possibly even turn their, their whole season around. But I think they'll struggle initially, and Cameron Serrata will be on the chopping block. What about you, Tish? Who are you predicting to be sacked and when?
1: Yeah, well, that's a great prediction because I I, said, I think they've actually just had a CEO or a chairman step down. <laughs> so trouble in the board. Maybe some of oh, no. them uh, in the ranks. But you know what? When I went for the teams, I felt like everybody's, even the bottom teams, they're all part of a rebuild. They seem to have a long-term plan, long-term focus. So it's a bit hard to sort of see which one is going to to sort of uh, lose their spot there. Uh, so I've just gone for the guy who just got the gig, Shane Flanagan, right? Oh. Because for uh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> all Shane uh, he's he's had a he's had a few uh like sort of you know uh bidding wars for some players, which I think they lost all of them. Uh right. Um but they might have got the front row right at the end, but I'm not sure. But um, you know, so they haven't been able to really secure that much talent. And then um everybody's predicting their team to come last. Uh so yeah, I don't I, I feel like they're just going to just uh it's I, it's you know the Dragons, like I know, we don't really. It's kind of weird. With they've had they've been riddled with scandal for the last few years, right? And I think uh, the the coach uh, situation last year and then this year as well. Even their best player saying that they, he doesn't want to play. So I feel like Shane Flanagan's jumped onto a ship that could have already been sinking, and I don't know uh, if he's got the full backing of the board to to kick ke- to turn it around. So uh, yeah, maybe maybe round twelve. I think round twelve is a good. Good, good time, uh, you know. Two weeks after the magic round, to uh, yeah, to you know, for redundancy or or no, that's not the word for sackings, right? So, yeah, <laughs> round twelve, sacking round. So yeah,
0: all right, fair enough. Let's get some bit, a bit more positive now. We're talking. Well, the NRL obviously has. Uh, there's always uh, players go up and down in their fortunes, and we like predicting who could be the biggest. NRL rising star this year. This is for one point. I think last year I predicted Dom Young, uh, which uh, I think pretty much came to fruition. I think uh, he he did quite well last year. This year I'm predicting from the Knights again, a an Englishman again, <laughs> two in a row, Kai Pierce Paul, who is I think a back rower from formerly of Wigan. Um. Mm-hmm. I think I've heard good things about him don't know much but I I like the fact that you know uh, there's a, that there's that symmetry or synergy there with last year an Englishman from the Knights getting my my nod for the biggest rising star in the NRL and I think that makes sense um, and obviously someone who's already performed well uh, in the English Super League but untested here um, will reap uh, rewards for them, uh, the Knights, and that's kind of why part of the reason why I think that they'll remain in the top eight and, and challenge quite strongly, uh, like they did last year. What about you, Tish? Biggest rising star, yeah.
1: well, rising star, um, yeah, he's already had 27 games in the NRL, but he hasn't really had the full opportunity to show his wares. Um, but he's just moved to the Tigers, and you know, his position next year is, uh, he's going to be replaced by Jerome Loi but i feel like that is going to be all the motivation he's going to 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 need to actually have an absolutely amazing season and uh you know a rising star you know the phoenix will rise for jaden sullivan i think for 2024 um i just think that um yeah sullivan finally gets that opportunity of you know being having a spot and i think he's going to try and make the most of it um and you know, I think I think it's a good buy from the Tigers' point of view of picking a player that you know has the potential, but never really has been able to run the team uh, at his other club. So it gives him an opportunity to do that. So um, you know, so you kind of want that hunger and and desire and and all that sort of stuff. So yeah,
0: excellent. All right. Um... In a related way, I think we've got the same nomination for our yeah. Renaissance Player of the Year. This is unusual. We, know, we don't normally agree with each other on this one. But yeah. um, Renaissance Player of the Year, I genuinely think that Luke Brooks moving to Manly, away from the Tigers, will do both teams a world of good. Um, you obviously think that they uh, that it yeah. will be so good for Manly that they'll get into the top eight. Um, I don't know if that's going to be the case, but I think they'll challenge and they'll get close. And I think it's, I think Brooks will have a good year. And I think this is a genuine renaissance because he has been, you know, he's been up and down, but mostly down for a lot of his career. Haven't, hasn't really reached the heights. I think this year with uh, DCE uh, around him, he'll learn a thing or two and he'll actually do well. So Luke Brooks for mine, you agree as well, but as a Tigers fan, what are your reasonings for this uh, nomination
1: yeah well i think i think uh i think he's just got toxic for him uh at the tigers mm-hmm. right so yeah. i think that's kind of where where i just feel like uh you know it's it's been it's been a terrible uh time for him a little bit so i think the fact that he uh is um uh you know i, I think i think that's where where now? It's he's got a new club, he's got a new lease of life. He was the former Delhi M halfback of the year, um, but he was at a team that probably didn't have the grand final capability. And you've got a team that's got Tommy. I, I think I think DCE completes him. Uh, you know, he's kind of <laughs> kind of where I see how that works uh, because their spine looks tremendous. Uh, the, you know, their front end spine, and I think they have a bit of backup. I think last year the big problem with Manly was like. You know, will he or will will he play five eighth or won't he play five eighth? Josh Schuster, I think that drama is completely gone now by having Brooks. The last time Eily made the top eight, I think they had Kieran Foran uh, backing up DC. So it just shows that you know having a st- stable, um, stable five eighth and halfback combination is going to be good for the club. I think five eighth actually kind of suits him a bit better because he's got a a bit more of a running game. And uh, you know, one thing about DCE, love him or hate him, he's got this. Uh, you know he's a very, he's like a wily character right he could uh he produces some uh pretty crazy plays at times so i think uh i think i think this is where where it would uh yeah so i'm going yeah so i just think that brooks is is probably going to have an outstanding season um and and yeah that's uh that's where i sit with that one
0: awesome all right let's move on to Final two categories, the biggest NRL hero of the year, and this could be anyone, not just players. I'm just going to say it right now because I think he's already uh, in line for hero of the year just in the first couple of months. Peter Volandis delivering the goods, delivering a great financial result. It will set us up for many years to come, Uh, kicking goals on a lot of fronts. Um, You know, the ambition of this Las Vegas thing um, you know a lot of people even now still are saying what's the point there's a lot of naysayers in the media here in Australia as well um, to me it's a no-brainer in fact I think don't think he's ambitious enough I think <laughs> I think it, it was ambitious but with practicality and business acumen and I think that's exactly what we need And I think this year he will really show we've had, you know we've supported some of the things that he's done in the past and I think uh, this year, really, once the money starts rolling in and we start getting success, people will start to see Peter Volandis as the true hero of rugby league this year. Um, what about you, Tish? What's your prediction?
1: Yeah, look, I think for hero of the year, I'm going to go with TCE. <laughs> right.
0: Okay, right. okay. How come?
1: <laughs> yeah, because he's usually a villain. Um, but I think he's going to turn it around. (laughs) I think he's going to turn it around. I think his image is going to change. Like people are going to say, okay, this is uh, this is old man DCE coming into it. Right. Um, and yeah, I think that's why you are going to have, they're going to be, I feel like they're going to be a major story of the season. And I think just like, you know, his leadership, uh, this year, I think some of that stuff that we've kind of, uh, we've kind of sort of, uh, overlooked with DCE and just like, you know, his annoying interview style is what we're focused on. I feel like less talk, more footy, I think DCE is going to be the hero of Sydney, um, which will therefore make him the hero of uh, of New South Wales. So I can't believe I'm saying this because um, <laughs> he's an annoying player for me too, but I just think that, uh, yeah, I think I think it's about time. I mean, you know, he's kind of been a great player for a long time, but hasn't really had, uh, you know, hasn't had the accolade, you know. It's been the the turbo show at Manly, and I think this is uh, this is going to change things around.
0: Do you reckon he'll take Luke Brooks under his wing and sort of do a bit of wax on, wax off, and become like a Mr. Miyagi character to him? Is that what yeah, DC so- is becoming? Is he going to reach enlightenment this year? Is that what's happening?
1: Yeah, he is definitely uh, Ben <laughs> Kenobi to uh, to Anakin <laughs> Brooks. <laughs> Right.
0: Well, well, there's one thing him and Be- and Obi Wan Kenobi have in common. They got three names: che- Dali, Cherry Evans, Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah. there you go. There, there you there go. go. With no go. with no hyphens. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. Anyway,
1: <laughs> That success as the odd couple with Kieran Four and DCA. Right. You know, two two older guys playing footy together. Uh, but this is this is definitely the mentor relationship, mentor mentee relationship. Right.
0: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll look forward to it. Um, Let's flip the script. Biggest NRL villain of the year, Um, you know, uh, like my traditional Cameron Munster slash Cam Smith. If your name's Cameron, (laughs) you're most likely to get on my prediction here, but this time I've gone for my second in a row (laughs) prediction of Nelson Asofa Solomona (laughs) just for no reason other than I genuinely I think he's going to get into lots of trouble this year. He's going to come up with some awful tackles that will really turn uh, people against him. Uh, I think he's had a pretty good run with the Storm and been treated as a bit of a, not so much a gentle giant, but, you know, a, a, a tough player, but not one that's dirty. But I saw some dirtiness creeping into his game last year towards the end, and I thought, oh, this is not good. He's humongous, and he, he could easily swat the next biggest player in the league. He's so huge. so. He um he's got to be careful, but I think his lack of restraint and uh, you know in terms of handling his aggression will turn against him. He'll do something stupid and it will cause uh, public opinion to turn against him, and he'll be seen as a villain. Uh, that's my prediction. What about you, Tish?
1: Yeah, look, I'm going for this. Is going to be surprising. I'm going for your hero of the year, which I think could <laughs> potentially turn out to that be the villain. That is PVL, right? Um. <laughs> Right now, now you think, okay, like how? Well, I think firstly, like, uh, yes, the NRL is doing well financially, right? But then I've also noticed that the NRL seems to be spending a lot of money to buy things, (laughs) right? (laughs) And different ventures. So I don't know if this uh, this high spend strategy, uh, instead of, you know, frugal footy, which is what we've had for the last few years, I don't know if that is going to... like, are we sort of, uh, you know, we've tipped the iceberg, and now it's going to go for a decline. Don't know, and who knows? Maybe the NRL might have to look for a buyer at the end of the year, going bankrupt. Like, we don't want that. But I just think, hang on, man, we've got to rain. we got to rain you in here a little bit, PVL. Uh, and then, like, you know, Andrew Abdo, he did, he did sort of make a statement to Andrew, like, step made a statement to the media saying that you know Andrew doesn't have the best relationship with all the clubs, kind of, kind of throwing him under the bus a little bit. I don't know if that's kind of what the chairman should be saying, but I just feel like there are these. He's walking the line, you know, as a, uh, as you know, as a country Johnny singer would say. Johnny, Johnny Cash. He's <laughs> walking the line a little bit, PVL, and I think uh, you know the difference between a hero and a villain is who gets to write the history, right? So uh, mm. yeah, so so you're thinking history will land on the side of PVL. I'm not too sure if that's the case. So I'm going to pick him as the villain. But I believe he's back, Chad GPT. I think he's got a villain prediction as well. Should we, Shall
2: we hear it there, Dr. T? Let's do it. As the 2024 NRL season approaches, speculation abounds about who might take on the role of the ultimate villain. While it's hard to predict with certainty, here are a few contenders. <laughs> Stephen Crichton, Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs with his move to the Bulldogs. Crichton brings a mix of talent and controversy. If he continues to perform at a high level, he could become a polarizing figure in the league one. Dom Young, Sydney Roosters Young's neck injury during a preseason game has already put him in the spotlight. His absence from the Vegas game due to a crusher tackle incident adds intrigue to his story too. Bronson Zeri, Cronulla Sutherland Sharks returning from a ban, Zeri's comeback will be closely watched. His past indiscretions might make him a lightning rod for attention three. Keep an eye on these players; they could shape the narrative of the twenty twenty four season, whether as heroes or villains.
1: Yeah, there you go.
0: There you go. Interesting. All right. Well, I think it's confused. Um, someone getting injured from to being a villain. I don't know you if you if something's done to you while you're a villain. Anyway, Chad, I think he's got his. Uh,
1: Classic <laughs> villain move there, right? Like you know, that's move, why Thanos yeah. <laughs> and fake it, they can injury, right? So yeah, that's that's, that's, that's why right, you lost the infinity right. war, yeah.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, look, we're at the end of our long-term predictions, but we do have a couple of short-term predictions. We're gonna uh just about to enter round one. Obviously, it is a split round in the sense that it's not all all, all the games are not happening this weekend. Um, We are, however, talking about the two games, the opening of the inaugural season in Las Vegas. We do have two teams and two games, sorry. So let's predict those games uh, or tip them and then next week we'll go into the other ones, I think, for our next episode. So, look, Manly and South Sydney is the first one. And, look, I'm tipping South. I uh, I think it's too early to start talking about Luke Brooks, it needs a bit more waxing on and waxing off to get really <laughs> the, the the lessons from the, the Obi One DCE. Um, and I think uh, I think South has been doing all right in in the preseason, so I think uh, I'm predicting that they will uh, do quite well against Manly. What about you, Tish?
1: Yeah, look, I think that the Sea Eagles are going to win. I think, I think towards the end of the last season, um, you know, South was sort of on the decline. There. I don't think they've, I don't know if the pre, yes, preseason form has been good, but I don't know if it's been as good to sort of turn that around. So I'm, I'm tipping the Sea Eagles for that one.
0: All right. Now, the other thing uh, I should say that was the game is going to be played Sunday, third of March at one thirty p.m. I think 1:30 PM Las Vegas time, if I'm not mistaken, uh, is rather than you know Sydney time or whatever. 1:30 PM Las Vegas time. I believe that's correct. Correct me if I'm wrong. The 3:30 game, so two hours after that, immediately after it is a double header. After all, the Roosters versus the Broncos. Um, look, the Broncos after uh, after the really awesome, almost premiership winning performance in the grand final, will probably be on a bit of a high and are probably favourites from the bookies. However, I genuinely think that the Roosters, with a very smart coach and a hungrier-than-ever James Tedesco, um, uh, will uh, put on a bit of a show. And I think they weren't too far off the the leaders last year. And I think this year, one thing I'm worried about is the Reynolds-Carrigan punch-up that occurred uh, a couple of weeks ago, which um, I don't think enough has been made of how how that might look. Like a lot of people might say, oh, it's just boys being boys. They were just at a pub and, you know, whatever. But we're talking about their two co-captains <laughs> fighting each other. This is not a young 17-year-old pushing up against them. You know, this is Adam Reynolds, the, the you know, I think he was co-captain, or if he wasn't, he certainly is a leader in in that that team. And Patrick Kerrigan, who is definitely one of the co-captains. So, Tish, in my mind, I think um, that puts the Broncos at a bit of a disadvantage. I don't think they'll start the year as well as they should. And I think um, it's a Roosters show. I think the Roosters will uh, come all guns blazing, or as Benny Lice used to say, all blazers firing. What about you, Tish? Broncos or Roosters?
1: Well look um look uh I did read over the offseason five dysfunctions of a team and I noticed that uh <laughs> you know uh lack of trust is kind of like one is like yeah you know, the, the the one but then there's a fear of conflict. Well I don't think there's any fear of conflict at the Broncos now. So I think that uh you know it's the punch up that the Broncos needed to have right and uh <laughs> therefore the trust is there and now they're working to a commitment compa- accountability and finally to get where they were, the result. So look, um, you know, the revenge, uh, the revenge of not being able to win to the grand final, they've got they've got they've got 30 weeks to wait and perform well till they get a chance again to try and win the big one. So I think the Broncos uh have to be focused because they have got to taste the grand final and they came so close. So I think the Broncos are just gonna have an absolute stellar season. I think the Roosters, um, you know, their problem is the halves, right? And they haven't fixed it. It's not the same duo as last year. So um, unless we're thinking that time is going to heal, these two guys <laughs> being able to work together and play together, which I don't know if that's that's really it. So, and, and that's where I think, I think their spine is great, but like, you know, Victor Radley getting suspended all the time, Warrior Hargraves, you know, playing 60 minutes and then tackling somebody and then getting sent off, like, you know. Have they really addressed any of these key personal issues? I don't think so. Well, you know, the Broncos, yeah, they've sorted out their personal issues. Let's fight you, man. So they've done that. So I think the Broncos. <laughs> uh, I just, yeah, I, yeah, I saw the conflict as a positive. But yeah, don't, don't, don't know. So what you're my, saying is they've engaged, positive, so
0: they've engaged in positive. So they're engaging positive conflict resolution, active <laughs> active conflict resolution techniques. That's
1: right. That, that's right. That's right. They've got around the, uh, you know, the the, uh, you know, the maximum amount of hours of physical contact that the NRL allows by uh, by fighting in a pub. So, um, you know, that extra piece of contact work, I think, will we'll, uh, we'll, will will there. And I'm sure when Patrick Carrigan or Reynolds scores there, scores a try, first one over with the hug is probably going to be one of the one one or the other.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, you never know. You never know if that's going to be the case. So um, awesome. All right. Well, I think that's it. I think that wraps up our um, our Crystal Ball episode to start off our ninth season in 2024. Tish, it's been great as usual. Um, we've, we're going to have a ripper of a season. I can just feel it and mm. uh, look forward to next week. So, Tish, over to you to wrap this one up.
1: Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. But that's all the time that we have for this episode of the Rugby League Republic. We're your hosts, Tish and Dr. T. Join us next time on the Rugby League Republic. Bye for now.